Would you like some inside advice about what it really takes to win your Social Security Disability Claim? Well, you've come to the right place. I'm Jonathan Ginsberg, your host at this SSDAnswers.com podcast, which is dedicated to helping honest, hardworking folks just like you discover how to navigate Social Security's confusing and frustrating disability programs. In each episode, we'll discuss tactics and strategies that have been proven to work and result in favorable decisions. Social Security makes it difficult to recover disability benefits no matter what your medical issue. I want to put the odds back in your favor. Hi there, this is Jonathan Ginsberg. I'm a practicing Social Security disability attorney, and this is episode one of my podcast, Uh, and it's designed to demystify the Social Security Disability Program. Social Security Disability is like a lot of government programs. It started simple, and it's become very, very complex over time. A lot of rules, regulations, acronyms, and it's very difficult to navigate if you don't understand, I guess, really the big picture is what I'm getting at. I want to help you understand this big picture. So wherever you are in the process, whether you're still working and thinking maybe it's time to apply, you're beginning the actual application process, you're in the middle of filing an appeal, you have a hearing tomorrow, uh, or you had a hearing and you think you're going to lose. Um, What do you need to know to better understand what it takes to win? Uh, Realize that you have to prove you're disabled. It's a question I get a lot from folks. They get very upset that they've paid money into the system. Why do they have to prove that they are disabled? But that's the way the system works. And I'm going to share with you what I know about uh, the entire Social Security disability process after representing literally thousands of claimants uh, over the past 25 years. So let's start at the beginning, and that's with uh, definitions and how does Social Security define disability. Well, the definition, the formal definition, and we're going to break it down, but the formal definition is that you're disabled if you are unable to engage in substantial gainful activity because of a medically determinable condition or conditions that has lasted or is expected to last 12 consecutive months or result in death. Now, let's unpack this definition a little bit. Uh, First of all, uh, let's talk about the substantial gainful activity. Uh, Substantial gainful activity is really another word for uh, what amounts to full-time work. It could be part-time work that's 30 hours or pretty close to full-time work. It could be volunteer work. Um, another way that Social Security looks at uh, substantial gainful activity is based on your gross earnings. If you're earning more than, uh, and this is for 2018, it does change, but for right now for 2018, $1,180 a month gross, that would be considered substantial gainful activity. If you're in school full-time, that could be considered substantial gainful activity. If you're a full-time volunteer, that can be considered substantial gainful activity. So generally speaking, the way I look at it is, uh, are you doing some activity that is equivalent to a simple entry-level type of job, uh, something that you would get paid for? And again, if it's part-time work, um, it's it's going to be more than, say, 30 hours. If it's um, part-time, really part-time work, that could be full-time work or volunteer work or school. But basically, it's any type of activity that is roughly equivalent to a simple full-time job. Now, my feeling is, and when I look at cases, I prefer cases where someone, my, my client, potential client, is not working at all. 
Because if you're working, we have to get past the question of whether or not your work activity or your volunteer activity or school is or is not substantial gainful activity. That's just one more hurdle we have to get past. So if you're not working at all, obviously that's not substantial gainful activity. But I will tell you, I've had cases in the past where uh, my client had a, say, a grandmother who was babysitting for her grandchildren, and the grandchildren were uh, ages 6, 10, and 14. Well, is that substantial gainful activity? Well, it depends on what grandma's doing. Is she cooking meals? Is she making snacks? Is she helping with homework? Or is she basically just sitting there? Uh, with a six-year-old, a judge might conclude, well, you know, this that does require some supervision, which is maybe equivalent to being a caretaker. With a 14-year-old, maybe not so much. So I hope you can see that, that if you have, if you are engaged in some sort of regular activity, that could uh, be a problem. And one of the themes that I will tell you in Social Security disability is that Social Security judges and, and decision makers, the adjudicators, tend to see things in black and white. Either you are working or you're not. So if you are working part-time, that's going to make it a little more difficult. Not impossible, but a little bit more difficult. Now, for example, I've won cases where I had a client working at the Salvation Army, and that's considered a structured work setting. In that situation, uh, we were able to convince the judge that was not substantial gainful activity. But I just want you to understand that if you're doing anything other than sitting at home uh, suffering, I hate to put it like that, but that's kind of the way it is, um, we may have to get past the hurdle of are you engaged in substantial gainful activity. Okay, the second part of the definition is do you have a medically determinable condition? And that can be determined by both medical evidence mostly, and sometimes by non-medical evidence. Um, at a minimum, you need a diagnosis. I think that if you go into a Social Security hearing and you don't, you don't have a, a, a diagnosis, that is a potentially a problem because judges like to have something to hang their hat on. Uh, but if you have an objective test like an MRI or a CT, an ultrasound, EMG, something like that, that goes a long way to showing that you have a medically determinable condition. It's a lot easier for me to win a case when my client, I can point to an MRI that shows a herniated disc than a case where somebody has pain, but we don't know where it's coming from. Um, so judges like to see medically determinable conditions. And sometimes you can prove medically determinable by non-medical evidence. And that might be uh, statements from uh, former coworkers or supervisors or um, uh, really anybody who's observed you in a workplace, uh, maybe that you had you kept falling asleep or you couldn't concentrate and focus. That can support uh, a claim that you've got medically determinable evidence. So judges are going to look at all that, but it's got to be something medically determinable. You just can't walk in there and say, judge, I'm disabled. There's got to be uh, some medical, something medical behind that. Okay, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back to talking about the duration requirement and some other things about the definition of disability. Don't know where to begin? Get my free Secrets of Getting Approved Survival Kit. Inside the kit, I discuss such things as how do you know if you have a case, what to do if you're denied, how to avoid common mistakes, and my ever-popular how to avoid trick questions from the judge. Subscribing is free and easy. Just visit ssdanswers.com and look for the survival kit for instant access. Remember, time is eroding your position every day. Don't delay. Act now. That's ssdanswers.com for your free survival kit. 
Okay, now welcome back to the uh, episode one of the SSD Answers podcast. Uh, we were talking about Social Security's definition of a disability. Just to recap, SSA defines disability uh, as you're being unable to engage in substantial gainful activity because of a medically determinable condition or conditions that has lasted or is expected to last 12 consecutive months or result in death. And before the break, we talked about what does it mean to have substantial gainful activity and what is a medically determinable condition. Um, let's now talk about what I call the duration requirement. Remember the definition, it says you've got to have a condition that has lasted or is expected to last 12 consecutive months. Realize this is 12 consecutive months, not 12 months in an 18-month period. Um, so you've got to be out of work for at least a full year. So sometimes I have folks that have been out of work for six or seven months, and they think they may be going back, well, that may not, they may not, they're not going to qualify as being disabled for social security purposes. Being pregnant is not a disability, uh, unless there's some severe complication because you're going to be out for nine months. It's not supposed to be something temporary. It's supposed to be something that's lasted 12 consecutive months or is permanent. Obviously, something that is, uh, going to lead to death would be, would meet the duration requirement. And a lot of folks will apply they, let's say they stop working in March and they apply in April or May, they get denied and they don't know why. Well, the reason, part of the reason is that the adjudicators are looking at that and saying, well, you haven't been out of work for 12 consecutive months. The way to get past that would be to have your doctor write a letter or fill out a functional capacity form that basically says you have not been out 12 consecutive months, but you are likely to be based on your condition. And that's the way you get past that. Um, now, one thing I will also say is there's a concept in Social Security called unsuccessful work attempts. So if you are out of work and you've been out of work for six, seven, eight months and you decide you want to try to go back to work, basically going back to work would be uh, if it's less than three months, it could be considered an unsuccessful work attempt. And my feeling is that unsuccessful work attempts are actually good evidence because it's what is what is the best evidence you can show that you don't have the capacity for work but to try and not succeed. So if you try to work uh, and you're not successful, that doesn't really hurt you. Now, the trick is with an unsuccessful work attempt, um, it has to be something that's going to last less than three months. So if you try to go back to work uh, and it lasts more than three months, uh, that's going to look like a successful work attempt. And there are some ways around that. But generally speaking, what I tell my clients is if you try to go back to work, uh, when you hit about two, two and a half months, let's talk about it and decide you know, are you able to return to work full time? And that's obviously ideal because you'll make more money. You'll be more satisfied when you do that. But realize if you get beyond three months, um, you're now uh, running into problems with the duration requirement. You're not going to hit that 12 consecutive months. And you don't want to be uh, sort of betwixt and between, meaning that you don't want to do not want to be in a situation where uh, you I've been out of work for seven or eight months. You tried to work for four or five months, and you decide then you could not. Then you go out of work again. That very very well may reset the 12 months duration requirement, or it may not. There, again, there's some ways around that, but I just want people to be aware that if you try to work, uh, keep an eye on the time period. Three months is sort of the uh, the number you want to be looking out for. So those are that is basically how Social Security defines disability. If you look at it big picture, it is essentially a work 
requirements definition. Um, I think that a lot of people get confused about Social Security thinking it's about your medical problems. It really is not. It's more about how your medical problems impact your capacity for work. So uh, Social Security disability is uh, very much the way I always tell my clients is, um, can we prove, again, we have to prove it, that you would not be able to perform the duties of a simple entry-level sit-down type of job, the easiest job that exists in the economy, uh, what I, something I would call a warm-body job. If you can fog a mirror, you can do this job. Basically, you just have to be there. You have to be a live person there. If you can do one of these jobs, it doesn't matter that you're getting minimum wage. It doesn't matter you'd be bored out of your mind. It doesn't matter that it would be from uh, midnight to 6 a.m. Could you do one of these jobs? And let's say you had been a a brain surgeon before, it doesn't matter. The question is, could you do one of these simple entry-level jobs? If the answer is no, then you can argue that you are disabled. If you could do one of these jobs, you, you know, you, you can't go back to being a brain surgeon because you can't remember things or you can't focus and concentrate, but you could go back to being a greeter at Walmart or um, packing small items in a box, then you're not disabled. You've got to show you can't do anything at all. So as far as how to meet this definition, uh, that's going to be a subject of another episode. But basically, it turns out that there are three what I would call theories of disability. We'll discuss those again coming up. But uh, for now, you know big picture what what it means to be disabled for Social Security purposes. Don't confuse it with uh, being disabled in terms of general conversation, there's a very specific definition. Again, the 12 consecutive months, medically determinable condition, substantial gainful activity. So if you understand the big picture that you've got to prove that you can't work anymore, uh, that goes a long way to helping you uh, understand what it takes to win and to help your attorney, uh, if you have an attorney, uh, prove that you meet this definition. So that is the This is the end of this episode about how to prove or how to understand what Social Security means by the term disability. I hope you found this helpful. Please let me know if you have any questions. Uh, For now, this is Jonathan Ginsberg, and I will talk to you the next episode. Thanks a lot. Well, that's a wrap for today's episode of the SSD Answers podcast. Subscribe to the podcast at iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave me a five-star review. It really helps. Visit ssdanswers.com backslash podcast for show notes and links to all my Social Security Disability resources. And let me know what you're thinking. Your questions and suggestions are always welcome. So until next time, this is your host, Jonathan Ginsberg, reminding you to never give up.